Hi, Shelly. Hi, Barbie. Hi, Ken. Oh, wait. What? <laughs> Hi, uh, Jay Robert Oppenheimer. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking. Hi, Oppenheimer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hi, Robert. The J stands uh, for nothing. <laughs> uh, and hello, dear listener. Uh, welcome to another episode of Everyone is Hot, the podcast that talks about your favorite stealth sex symbols and the films that turned you on to them. Today, we are here for a very fun mini episode covering, you guessed it, Barbenheimer, kiss, kiss, say. <laughs> I knew you were going to have something fun locked and loaded. <laughs> Very good. Yes, that has been playing in my mind. Yeah, so uh, we have both seen Barbenheimer. Um, I have now seen both films twice because I went opening weekend for the two. And then this week I rewatched them uh, in anticipation of this podcast. So. Yeah, it's a it's a really strange strange thing. This uh, I guess culmination of uh, really good marketing. Uh, yeah, yeah, it it really turned out well for those uh, motherfuckers. And uh, <laughs> listener, for context, it's been a few weeks since I have seen Oppenheimer and Barbie. Um, I've recorded another episode talking about exclusively Barbie, and I've been having uh, a lot of conversations about uh, these two movies just fucking endlessly um, because of how much of a thing it has become. Uh, yeah, it's been it's been big. I mean, at my my day job, I work at uh, Greta Gerwig's alma mater, uh, so it has been a lot of Barbie this summer, uh, which damn. I. You know, I, I don't mind. I mean, it, it's interesting. I mean, we will get into our general impressions of the movies mm. um, momentarily. But yeah, I I didn't I really didn't anticipate it being this big of a thing. I mean, it's been Barbie has been like my my day to day at my job for, yeah. <laughs> for like a couple months now. <laughs> Honestly, if it's going to be a big movie, I'm kind of glad it's Barbie mostly i think yeah. more so than than oppenheimer um even in in my case um i have no affiliation with greta gerwig but um <laughs> yeah I, I have a question about uh the reception that you're get you're seeing around mm -hmm. barnard um what are the admissions tours like <laughs> i don't know actually though oh. um it is interesting on social media i mean it's been overwhelmingly positive um yeah yeah, people are really, really loving the movie. I mean, we've gotten, you know, a couple of uh, people pushing back, like, Barbie's setting us back, Barbie's setting back feminism. You know, there have been a few. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, and, and uh. it, is, it is interesting that, like, the film addresses that. And That's the thing. You know, I'm, I'm like, I what's your argument? I have feelings about uh. it, but, uh, you know, I... I, in general, I think that like there is just like a lot of excitement around because I mean, you know, Greta Gerwig is a very interesting alum because I mean she started her film career like while she was at Barnard and right. yeah, and and like Barnard has been like a a pretty kind of like central part of her art like Mistress America shot there in my senior year like it's it it's very interesting that I mean I something that I find interesting about her as an artist is that she constantly goes back to this theme of like coming of age of like becoming 
an adult, becoming a woman, and you know that transition from girlhood to womanhood. Um, so it, it makes sense that like college is kind of like a central central thing for her. Um, but yeah, I mean, so what was your sort of sort of overall impression of the movie? Like obviously in our you know episode that you recorded, you're going to get into it in in greater detail. But like wh- what would what stood out to you in the movie? What did you think of it? Did you enjoy it? So one thing about me when I watch a movie is like you can't really talk to me about it to like a week or like two weeks after seeing it because <laughs> I'm I'm fucking high. Um, and so <laughs> I saw it. I was fucking high off of just seeing it in um, a theater with a bunch of fucking excited people. Hmm. Um, so that clouded my uh, it didn't cloud my emotions, but I was I was high when I it, first saw it. I mean, it changes the experience. I mean, like, you know, I, I saw it opening weekend and I saw like these young girls like dressed up in pink to see it. I, I yeah. dressed up in pink with my friend and, you know, and even oh, when I, I went that. last Hell yeah. yeah it that's, was cute. Like, but even <laughs> last night, I mean, like now that it's been out for a few weeks, it was like a sold out show. And Good. there were a lot of young women there who like when, uh, you know, America Ferrara does her speech about like the expectations that are placed on women, you know, someone like started yelling and like, you know, clapping like it was, you know, and you know, I think that like, it's understandably gotten some pushback online for being kind of like feminism 101 or like white feminism or whatever. But yeah, but I mean, in in a big mainstream movie about a branded doll, it's, you know, I it's been interesting to see how it's it's really resonated with young women, especially. Yeah. It's it's exciting to see because I feel like that's an underserved. Uh, I mean, you know, stating the obvious, it's like <laughs> women are an incredibly underserved uh, demographic, um, especially when it comes to like those big motherfucking budget movies. Mm-hmm. So it's I don't know. I really loved it. I really loved the vibe of, of like the viewing experience. I. You know, I, I'm sure, like with every movie, there are things to break apart to critique. I am no crit- critique, though. Um, <laughs> I je suis pas un critique. Yeah, I am no critique. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It was just a long drag and a cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I just I fucking liked it. I I thought it was fucking fun. Um, I think when I look at it in context with the other kind of uh, popcorn movies that I love to see, um, it was the only one that I saw that had a pulse. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, this is a month after I saw the fucking flash, which mm-hmm. was made by people who don't give a shit about the character. Right. Um, and it was just nice to see Greta Gerwig really, uh, you know, use Barbie as her vehicle to uh, kind of build a love letter to like 40 other movies that she mm. loved. So it, I don't know. I, I'm yeah. simply happy they gave her the money. Uh, I agree. I mean, <laughs> with both both Barbie and Oppenheimer, there were like structural issues that I, I had problems with. Um, they didn't, neither one completely worked for me. Um, but it was very, very exciting to see these big budget movies in a theater 
sold out screenings of people excited to go to the movies, excited to see these films and, and just to see the ambition and the scope of, of both films and, and to see, you know, actual, you know, whatever problems I might have, like with, you know, various films by like Christopher Nolan or whatever, like to see genuine artists have a huge amount of money in enormous ensemble casts to, to make something that feels specific to them as artists. Like even with Barbie, I mean, like, you know, it obviously has the, the constraints of being like a Mattel movie or whatever. Um, And, you know, who knows what that is going to mean for like the, the future of movies. I'm sure we're going to get a lot of bad Mattel (laughs) branded movies uh, in the future, but like, you know, it, it felt like a Greta Gerwig movie. And like, I, I was texting a friend last night, like as I was leaving the film that, you know, even though the entire thing doesn't always work for me, I cried like three separate times <laughs> because of the, the like specifically like Greta Gerwiggy moments in it, especially when it comes to like mothers and, you know, growing into womanhood. I, you know, when she sees the woman at the bus stop, I cried when it, there was the, you know, the stuff of, uh, the, the footage from the, the actors, like actual home movies. Yeah. Uh, and they're talking about, you know, and I, some people took issue with like the you know, mothers stand still so that daughters can do whatever, but right. which I understand, like, I mean, it, it's a kind of reductive line, but there is like a, a lot of truth to it as yeah, well. There's a lot that, of like, fucking truth to it. Like yeah. it, it's, the sacrifices uh, that you make as a mother in order yeah. to give your daughter a better life than you had and more it opportunities than you had. Yeah. It's... I don't get the criticism with that line. Like mm-hmm. that's the inherent tragedy of becoming a parent is that you take a backseat and, you know. Yeah. That... And I think Ugh. that probably it wouldn't have gotten the pushback that it's gotten online if it said like parents stand still or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that it's because it was like specifically mothers stand still, um, that, you know, some people understandably have, you know, an issue with the idea that like women are, that women are fated to, uh, be self-effacing to make these like sacrifices that they have to be mothers, that they have to give up their own ambitions. I, I get why people would have problems with it, but, but I found it very beautiful as someone who very much loves her mother and has a mother who loves her mother and right. you know and seeing the ways that like generationally like we have all progressively gotten more opportunities because of the sacrifices our own mothers have made like i it 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 got me i was <laughs> i Ugh. was balling in the theater so, <laughs> i oh i feel that so hard in my chest everything you're saying is making me think michael call your mother and have a nice <laughs> conversation and be grateful to your mother. Uh, <laughs> be grateful to your mother. Um, yes. Uh, so I, I want to go back to a couple of things that you mentioned. Um, one, uh, this being a Greta Gerwig movie. First thing I did after uh, watching Barbie was just scroll through all of uh, Greta Gerwig's uh, Wikipedia entries because i was like i want to watch them all at the same time like i, I still haven't seen uh little women but i i love that oh, she is michael oh i watched I, during like the height of the pandemic yeah. i watched 
so much Little Women, like it, because it came out like right before right. COVID hit, and so I saw right. it like three times in the theater. And like, granted, I was like a Little Women girl growing up. Like, I loved the book. I had a goldfish named Joe. Like, I I was into Little Women, and like, it's it's a great adaptation. Like, I yeah. read the screenplay, and it's like she she does a really lovely job of structuring it, and I think that the ways in which she expanded upon things from the book, I think she did really beautifully, but yeah, during, Oh yeah. When COVID was at its worst, I was lying in my bed in my parents' basement crying. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, so I haven't seen little women, but I did read uh, the first couple of pages of the screenplay. Cause I was like, I want to mm. know, you know, the difference between uh, hers and the other one that's so popular. And, mm-hmm. um, I don't know, as someone who's not read the book or seen the movie, I was like, oh, <laughs> this this feels different from what I normally think about as uh as like uh you know, I don't know what kind of book this was. I haven't read it. <laughs> um <Yeah>. but <laughs> it, it does it does feel the way she describes the main character as like kind of a boxer, like I don't know, it the, mm. the modern kind of uh approach that she had to it. Um I don't know, I'll figure it out once I see the movie. But <laughs> um. yeah i mean you know talking about like the the boxer thing i mean like it's it's been very interesting reading um like interviews with greta gerwig about like how she approached little women and the character of joe because i mean she used a lot of uh material like about uh, louisa may alcott the the author um who joe is like a, a bit of a stand-in for her um but I mean, Gerwig like kind of conceived of the character as po- like possibly trans. Like it's, but it's not. You know, it, it there are some uh, adaptations of like older works that can feel like a bit heavy handed and like right. ahistorical um, in the way that they they will like use terminology or concepts that like wouldn't really be relevant to the characters at the time when it's set. And she doesn't do that. I mean, she just, there's just a sort of, you can feel her understanding of the character without it feeling like she is applying, uh, you know, contemporary ideas or terminology to something that like wouldn't have existed at the time. Um, Yeah. I I think she does a really good job of sort of like towing the line of having a modern perspective, but also uh, honoring what perspective like the people would have had at the time when it's taking place but yes yeah (laughs) and that's that's what i i think going back to barbie that's what makes for me like that's what makes that movie uh work because she could have done uh she could have done something where I, i guess the original take was going to be like diablo cody and mm. uh right who is amy, that? Schumer. amy schumer yeah, yeah something that was going to be you know uh for lack of better uh terms or vocabulary an anti-barbie like mm-hmm. uh revisionist type thing but uh yeah and what what was that movie that amy schumer did where uh i i watched it on a plane uh yeah. where she like falls off a bike and like hits her head and like uh thinks that me feel pretty sometimes i am pretty yeah me uh, feel pretty sometimes i think like is the name yeah maybe i feel pretty i think is i is, feel pretty there it yeah. is why did i why did <laughs> i make it um, me, why did i i i, I <laughs> 
Is that the um? Uh, That's the oh Frankenstein version. Um, <laughs> but also that book, Me Talk Pretty, one day. <laughs> uh, okay, that's yeah. that's what it is. <laughs> but yeah, so it, it sounded like that was going to be a much more sort of like cynical take on it, and something that you know we're talking about Barbenheimer, not just Barbie. Right. Um, something that I found so interesting about Barbie is like it's got a very warm, hopeful worldview. Like I mean, it you know mm. even with like the Kins sort of like you know, taking over and trying to like uh, instill patriarchy in Barbie land. Like, like Gerwig has like a lot of love for all of these characters. And and I think love just like for the world and Oppenheimer, I think is a really interesting contrast because I mean, that is a bleak, bleak movie. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I, I watched, so I've now watched it twice. I really didn't care for it the first time. Um, I liked it a lot more the second time. I still have questions about some like structural stuff. Um, you know, like for example, like the this scene when uh, you know he's in the interrogation room and he, he suddenly like the camera pans from him being clothed and then goes behind someone's back and, and comes out on the other side. He's naked and, and then they're fucking. It's like, and you, you know, see it, his it's. Butt. Can yeah, see your butt but it's like you know, it, it's like whose perspective is this from? Like it the film like implies that it's like from kitty's perspective but like that's inconsistent with like the ways in which like it has like functioned with like fantasy like throughout the film there there are just some like things that i felt like the internal logic didn't always logic (laughs) Um, i wonder if the readers of the script were just like excited to be reading on a christopher nolan movie and they were like oh my god oh my god this is sick (laughs) and they didn't really you know yeah i mean i think as a whole like i mean structurally like it it is very interesting and like i think that like the sort of like scrambled timeline of it like is is cool but i I like the the time the scrambled timeline yeah but i I, yeah and i and i think the moving between black and white and color like is is interesting and i think that like when when it's applied consistently that you know it's like his subjective point of view versus like an objective scene like but i i think it's not always consistent in the way it's applied but yeah anyway but regardless it it is interesting to me because like it's i think very rare to have a kind of like huge blockbuster film like this now that it like has such a bleak worldview and and, and ultimately like i think really condemns all of its characters oh yeah there's there's no one there's no heroes in this one yeah Um, i mean we we talked a little bit on text about you know how i've been sort of like uh, baffled by some things that i've seen like on twitter of people saying like you know it's like a a great white man film or whatever because like this movie is like brutal towards it's it's pretty anti (laughs) it's it's pretty fucking anti (laughs) um yeah i I mean whenever people like bring up the idea of like we should have seen like the aftermath of the bomb i i I think that there you couldn't possibly condemn him more than that i mean one of the things that really worked for me is that celebration scene after you know the bomb detonates um where you know the stamping of the feet and then you hear like the, the scream and then it goes to silence and then he imagines you know stepping through like a charred corpse of a person and then you see people like crying and throwing up and and then later when he's like sitting in a presentation where they're like they're showing photos of the victims of the bombing 
he can't even look at it. He's looking at the ground. Ugh. And I, I think the movie like ultimately really condemns him as a coward. And I think it's like rel- kind of heavy handed about it. I mean, like, it, you know, it almost ends with, uh, you know, Kitty saying, you know, you, you wanted to be seen as like this great man, but you also didn't want to be judged for it. And then you see the, the conversation with Einstein where he says, you know, I, I think that we've destroyed the world. Like, it, it's kind of baffling to me that anyone could find it to be uh, not sufficiently hard on Oppenheimer. Yeah, yeah. Um, somebody asked me, um, like, what the right take was, which, whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever. Um <laughs> I, I, I felt I, I, I do think that there's like other historical shit. Um, mm-hmm. and I don't, I don't know at all, but like there are, there are many communities that were like impacted by, right. uh, the, nuclear bomb testing and the actual nuclear bomb stating the obvious. Um, but like, and I, I under, I have, I understand like the vibe of like, fuck this movie. Um, Mm -hmm. like, like still why, like it doesn't celebrate him, but still like why? Mm -hmm. Um, and I mean, to that, I say, I don't know. Uh, you know, like, uh, Christopher Nolan, he's a white man. He wrote a movie condemning a white man. I feel like if there's anybody who can condemn a, a you know great white man hmm. that I trust, that I, whose perspective I want to see, it would be Christopher Nolan's. I definitely don't want to see him try to uh, represent any of the right. communities. <laughs> like, like, I don't want to see him attempt to 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 like. represent that from the perspective of you know like Mm. i I don't know like i i don't feel like he's the guy for that and i think that there are tons of movies that do explore that and in and they are directed by capable directors whose backgrounds Mm. reflect the perspectives that eh, you know people want to see i think that the answer is that you know more money and resources should be available to more people That's, rather, yes, rather than God. like limiting, you know, a, an simpler. individual artist, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. Thank so, you. Thank you for saying it. Like, yeah, give the bag to somebody else. Like this right. is about money. This is about fucking money and who we give the bag to. And like, we give yeah. it to Greta Gerwig for fuck for, for this movie. Let's give it to another woman director and not, mm-hmm. you know, some fucking, asshole who wants to do magic eight ball Polly pocket and <laughs> right. uh, rock and sock and robots. Right. Like, I, and that, that honestly was like the, like, the most yeah. exciting thing for me about watching Oppenheimer was just seeing the resources at work. Yeah. Like, I mean, yep. that, that's a lot of, to, to even like, I mean, even beyond like, you know, the, the production design, the period details, like, you know, that they filmed like in 
multiple countries like even just seeing that like they had that big of a cast which i you know this this will be a, a nice little transition to talking yes. about the ensemble casts of these movies but it, even just having that big of a cast I, like i thought the same thing when i watched you know asteroid city recently like which was done for like a fraction of the cost of right. oppenheimer but in part because the actors were able and willing to take huge pay cuts to be in a wes anderson movie like it it feels so rare and so special to to have like an ensemble cast and like that that you really i mean in the things that i write like i i tend to write small cast because i assume that's the only thing i could afford to do and right. there is some there's you can't replace like the magic of seeing a big ensemble cast and like the way that you can create an entire world by just having all of these people interacting with each other. So, I mean, that, that was the the biggest thing for me in watching Oppenheimer is like whatever issues I had with it to see an artist with a specific vision doing yes. something that's not a superhero movie, even though there are like weird like moments, like of him like putting on the hat and like his jacket after he like gets out of the military uniform that like felt like a weird kind of like superhero movie thing that I was like, yeah, okay, come on. <laughs> but, <laughs> okay, stop it. Yeah. Like, okay, Chris, <laughs> but, but yeah, just like to see those resources go to someone who has a specific vision and like wants to work yeah. with like this broad palette both you know uh it, thematically but also just in terms of like the actors that he's working with that was thrilling to me that yeah that thank you for saying it because i was genuinely fucking like short circuiting like <laughs> johnny mnemonic style short fucking circuiting um listener he just watched johnny mnemonic <laughs> watched, all right and it's been a last temptation of christ like week for, weekend for me and it's crazy that i haven't brought it up um, and we will talk about that at a later date. But mm -hmm. <laughs> you said the thing that I was really struggling with. And I, I have had I, every other conversation, every analogous conversation that I've had about Oppenheimer usually ends the same way. It's like, what's the right take? What's the right take? And it's just like, I don't know. I don't know. I just wish, you know, while I think the movie is good and mm -hmm. effective at what it does. And uh, it's exciting to see a, a huge ensemble cast with like, beautifully period appropriate costumes like wonderfully yeah. sourced costumes receding hairlines yes, normal hairline. teeth <laughs> i get to see everybody all my fucking favorites you want to see rami malik you want to see jack quaid you want to see yes they're all white men but we can talk about that at a later date the problem well, is I, like i didn't want to bring that up <laughs> like, why can't we why can't we give the bag of money to Cassie mm. Lemons or Lynn yes. Ramsey or fucking Cheryl Dunier, like, mm -hmm. or Barry Jenkins. Like, yeah. I want to see wh what they would do and who they would cast with that mm. big of a fucking bag of money. Like, well, I, I'm glad that you brought this up because it's something that I was like, you know, talking to myself in the shower <laughs> earlier today. Um, of course. <laughs> but, you know, as as one does. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, as someone who I, I'm not an actor, but I am someone who acts sometimes. You're an I'm, actor. Stop saying you're not an actor, you. because if you say <laughs> you're not an actor, then I can't say that I am an actor anymore. <laughs> and that means I've really erased myself 
Uh, and, okay, we're, uh, we're both actors. We're both actors. We're both actors. <laughs> we're both the most famous ones there are. Um, yes. And but you should I, be, yeah. I, but I thought watching Oppenheimer, like, I mean, it, it, I loved seeing all of these character actors in it because, like, I, I, all of, all of my boys, you know, I, all I, of the funny. boys. Uh, it, I've seen so many things on Twitter of people being like, you know, when they saw uh, James Urbaniak come on for like five seconds, yeah. and they're like, oh, yes, and like that's exactly how I felt when he came on. Like, you know, it's great to see, like, you know, a David Crumholds. It's a, a David Crumholds. Like, David Smalkian, like fucking yeah. actors that I love. Fucking Benny Safdie taking oh, a break to Benny Safdie, yeah, whatever. To just cook, yeah. Despite uh, the uh, you know potential issues with a uh, you know possible uh, sexual mis- misconduct. He got issues. His- oh no. Uh, yeah. Oh uh, no. Not not directly, but as a director, uh, there was some <sighs> hinky stuff going on the the set of I think it was Uncut Gems. Uh, well, but thank anyway. God. Thank God there's no other problematic men like thank, Lord. Yeah, thank in God this we movie. don't have like, Casey Affleck in this I'm movie. Glad oh, <laughs> I'm glad we got Casey Affleck. I'm glad we got Gary Oldman. I'm I'm oh, glad God. we got all the boys. I, I will say Gary Oldman, bad in the movie. Bad. His makeup uh, looks bad. He's bad in it. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. anyway, I what I was going to say was that I loved seeing all of these, you know, my guys in the movie. But oh, boys. but I did have the thought that I was like, God, I, there, you know, I, I am a very privileged person, but so there are very few times when I'm like, God, I wish I were a straight white man. Like, cause you know, <laughs> wh- what difference would it make? It's, it's not that big of a deal. I know that I'm, I'm very lucky in life, but watching this movie, I did have the thought of like, God, I wish I were a straight white man. Cause like, that is the, the fact that there are many films like this i mean not as many as there should be but like where you can have a bunch of you know 40 to 60 year old guys doing an interesting movie (laughs) and being part of a cool ensemble of great actors and they can look like human beings they can have receding hairlines they can have fucked up teeth it doesn't it's fine that because they all are individuals like that I was like, I cannot even imagine what it would look like to have a big budget Hollywood movie where a bunch of 40 to 60 something women or even even men of color like doing something like this. You know, I, I can't even imagine what that would look like as like a big, big budget movie. You know, um, I got a couple words for you. Uh <laughs> The Fast and the Furious. Yes! <laughs> um, but they're all so buff. <laughs> okay. Look, you gotta you gotta lose some to win some. All right. Like yes, I, but I they want us to men. be like, you know, like thick boys like a David Crumholtz and just like being Honestly, great actors doing great jobs, you know. I gotta be really real. Um, so we're about to approach the end i i yeah. think we we got to address the elephant in the room like which cast is mm. more like everyone is hot brand and if if i'm to answer this question that i'm proposing I, after the conversation we've had i mm. loved both i had a great time at at both movies but when i think about like hotness like i think it's a fucking draw um and I it's agree. a it's a flaccid fucking <laughs> draw for me because 
like I think both casts has like a heavy hitter that I'm like, oh yes, mm-hmm. David Crumholtz, oh my god, or oh, Ray Perlman. I'm so attracted like, to David Crumholtz and Oppenheimer. Like, like it's it's like upsetting, like how much I want him. In that movie. Oh god, um, but like or America Ferrera in uh in Barbie, gorgeous. Or, yes, yeah. I will mention Ray Perlman again because she is like yes. so fucking perfect to see and it's wonderful to see her like i'm comforted by seeing her face um oh she's so god she's so uh lovely in that movie and like and that is something that i think is interesting in you know talking about like all our sort of like framework for this podcast like so oppenheimer it's a lot of like character actors or even like you know former leading men who have like aged into being character actors like a Matthew Modine like you know still a very handsome guy but you know he's like I think almost like 70 so like you know he's not like what you would call like a you know a a strapping leading man anymore like he's an older actor right and something that is really interesting about Barbie is that like all of the Ken's are very kind of like stereotypically hot guys. They are. mm. And there is like such a range of appearances like with the Barbies and, and just like with the women in general, like they're all, yeah, they're (laughs) all beautiful and they're all like charismatic and exciting and like great to watch. And like, they're all so sexy, but like, I love that. Like the, the Barbies like have this like range of like womanhood. Like, I guess that's like the point of it that like, you know, yeah. Barbie, Barbie comes in all different forms or whatever, but I, it is really, it's gratifying to see a movie where like all of the men are kind of like cookie cutter, hot guys. And, but the women have like such a range of how they look, you know? Oh, just like real life. Um, yes! <laughs> uh, I feel like there are, varieties of accepted expressions of mm. uh i don't know this is just within the slice of the universe that i live in this is not the truth but just my subjective <laughs> fucking experience uh obviously but i feel like there are so many fucking uh varieties of femininity that are so great mm. to to see and yet in our real world like there's like one or two versions of of masculinity Mm. it's like you're hot and buff or you're big genius bomb builder and Mm. uh that's it (laughs) like what what, though oh gosh i i i hate to disagree but i I disagree because i I think like especially when it comes to sort of like heterosexual attraction especially like i think that women who are attracted to men there is such a wide variety of what is considered attractive, you know? And I I, I think that's, it's a bit more narrow for women. I think sometimes with like men who are attracted to women, Um, especially when it comes to like age, when it comes to body type, body type, when it comes, yeah. in like race, obviously like as a, and gender presentation is a big, you know, so I, yeah, I mean, because I, I mean, that's the thing. It's like it, it's been funny seeing like the reactions to the movies, um, like on Twitter. I, it's it, so many women are s- 
like thirsting after like every guy in Oppenheimer, like no matter who it is. Like, I mean, it could be David Crumholtz, it could be Killian yeah. Murphy and talking about his like slutty little waist. <laughs> it could be, you know, Dane DeHaan being like, ooh, that little rat. Like, he's so hot. Like, Oh my God. <laughs> but you don't see quite the same thing when it comes to, yeah, the the range of women in Barbie. And, like, and it might just be like the types of people who are on Twitter, the types of movies they are, I don't know. But like I I do think that like there there is like a kind of narrow idea of like what um sexy womanhood is. And oh, I, that's so fucking stupid. I know this is not news to me. And thank yeah. you for correct and and honestly <laughs> thank correcting. you for No 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 just like just a different perspective. I think I think hmm I guess it is a, a different perspective. Yeah. Um <laughs> and that's okay. Yeah, America. <laughs> yeah um, we can see different things because because yeah. I think also like as you know a bi person like I there are a lot of women that like I find attractive that I think aren't generally seen as attractive by most straight men you know like I mean I like Rhea Perlman like I would love to have sex with Rhea Perlman <laughs> and I don't think like a ton of like you know younger straight guys feel the same way and I, I think that like you you have a, a pretty broad sense of like appreciating, you know, various types of people. So I, but yeah, but I, th- I think that a lot of like, you know, kind of like cis straight men don't yeah. necessarily think the same way, you know? I think there are some that do. I think, I think we've been programmed to express, uh, I don't know. We, we, this isn't, this isn't news. Like men yeah. are broken. <laughs> yeah i don't think it's like necessarily just like how men actually think or feel or but also like the social pressure put on men like especially like you know cis straight men to yeah. that that i think a lot of them feel a lot of pressure to have a woman who's a prize this who's is why like <sighs> yeah who's like seen as attractive by other cis straight guys and i think that like that ends up kind of like limiting what they can express that they find attractive and that that sucks <laughs> it's it's always motherfuckers who all you notice like this is off tangent and we should probably wrap up in a little bit but <laughs> yeah um like i think this is ultimately the thing when it comes to like navigating my own gender identity mm. where I, it's like this is why i can't fuck with like straight men or being a straight man because it's just Mm. like you motherfuckers don't even really allow yourselves to like love women um Mm. (laughs) to like honestly love women um oh i'm about to start talking about uh 30 uh 20th century women almost 30th century (laughs) oh oh listen Uh, (laughs) we're gonna have to do an episode about that because Um, but That's what I think that you you remind me a lot of that movie because I think that you you have a a real love for and appreciation for I think everyone but I think especially like for women like you you really you really appreciate women in a way that I think is very very sweet and I I really like that about you Michael (laughs) oh that's so nice thank you Ah, I'm glad we talked about these movies and I hope we get to talk about (laughs) Mike Mills at some point because I want to, I want to like double click on a lot of some of those performances in that movie, but that's a conversation for another date. Uh, Before we wrap up, um, 
I gotta ask you, like, without too much explaining, because we have to answer this, <laughs> we have to pick something. Which which movie is really the movie that that did it for you? Um, oh, gosh, um, we'll, we'll, we'll count. We'll count. Okay. Three, two, one. Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer. Oh, no. I mean, yeah. I mean, listen, I, I love such Greta Gerwig. I love her work. I if, if it was a question between Oppenheimer and her Little Women, it would be Little Women all day. Ugh. But I, I, at the end of the day, I mean, her hands were kind of tied. She was making a Mattel movie about she was making a mattel movie and chris nolan was making a chris nolan movie and he got to cast whoever the fuck he wanted and Mm -hmm. yes i think for me like the movie gets a little uh, because it's mostly white guys but we got rami malik in there um and there's a couple of black extras um but there was like one black scientist i was like like, hey what's his name shout out to the black scientist and oppenheimer (laughs) people are gonna say you're not in that movie but i definitely saw you um There was one woman scientist who was like, hey, should we not drop the bomb? And I was like, I got ideas. ideas." And (laughs) I think, you know, Barbie, I I, I, the movie does it for me. The movie like the cast does it, you know, like shout out to Michael Sarah. It is a blast. Michael Sarah is adorable. I also, so I mean, like any like incel. I'm sure that there are no like incel-y guys like listening to this podcast. Definitely not. But if you are, you are. This but, is not the right. Everyone, it's hot for you. Find the other yeah, one. Yeah, but any guy who's like, I need to be like a Chad to like attract women. Like, no, you don't. Every uh. like twenty something girl in the audience last night. Anytime Michael Sarah came on screen, they were like. <gasps> Alan, uh, 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 girls want yo. Michael Sarah. They want Alan. Honestly, I love that. That's my aspirational. That's my <laughs> aspirational hat is is Alan. Like yes. specifically, this is why I joined Drama Club because, like, oh. it's not it's not just about wanting. Like, I don't want people to just fuck want to fuck me. Yeah, I want people to like. I want to be beloved. You know. Like <laughs> I need to send you a video that I watch many, many times. It's from about like 10 years ago. It's Gael Garcia Bernal and uh, Diego Luna, I think talking to Vanity Fair, maybe. Um, and so he Gael talks about how he didn't uh, play soccer, football. Instead, he play, he uh, joined drama because that's how he picked up girls because it was yep. much easier to pick up girls by being a drama boy uh, yep. than being uh, a football player. And they also there is a an Australian woman doing the interview and she asks him if <laughs> did he do it to meet girls? And he hears it as to meet amigos. And she goes, no, to meet girls. <laughs> and then they spend like five minutes being like, to meet amigos. <laughs> and it is the most charming thing I've ever seen. And I am absolutely in love with both of them. Oh. So if you want to meet amigos and meet girls, join drama. <laughs> Don't be an athlete. <laughs> be an Alan. <laughs> oh, what a perfect note. Um, <laughs> what if, what if, I, God, I, I, I had a question that's that's so dumb. Um, <laughs> Go on. I, well, it's not even a question. Now, now I'm. We're ending with a note on Alan, and it made me wonder what Oppenheimer would be like if they cast Michael Sarah 
as uh, J. Robert Oppenheimer. And I guess that's that's the ma- the movie mashup that I want to see. Like, Alan. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like spiritually not that different because, you know, Oppenheimer, he's because you got Killian Murphy with those big baby blues and those uh, sharp cheekbones. He seems formidable, but he's just mm. a little a little weak boy at the end uh, of the day. Looking and I like think- a, a knife that made a wish to looking be like- a human being. <laughs> I, I told this to a friend earlier today. The biggest head, the tiniest <laughs> body and the biggest head, because he's mostly in close-up in the movie, uh, but when they like cut to a wide shot, his head is enormous and his body mm. is so small. <laughs> so- and that is what you need as an actor. Big head, uh, little body. <laughs> big head, little body. Everyone is hot. Wow. <laughs> Everyone is hot. <laughs> uh, uh, well, I think we, I guess, have uh, we, solved we Barbenheimer. <laughs> We've solved Bob Barbenheimer. It is now figured out. Um, <laughs> you're welcome. Yes. And uh, Michael, what should the listeners do? Stay... <gasps> Horny. Horny.